In this episode of Full Stack Radio, I talked to Ben Orenstein about how to stand out when applying for a job at a small company. This is Full Stack Radio, episode 152. So, uh, yeah, we are doing this podcast today because you messaged me saying, I think we've actually talked about this in the past, but doing an episode about this, um, which is like hiring tips from the applicant side, because both of us are sort of more newly on the hiring side, I think. And um, it's interesting to be on the other side and sort of realize like what we're looking for in people who apply for jobs at our company, while at the same time remembering probably like what we did to apply for jobs ourselves and um, what we maybe would have done differently, kind of understanding both perspectives. Does that sound about right? Sounds just right. Yes. And it was kind of, it's kind of spurred by, I've seen a wide variety of application quality uh, yeah. from people. And I, I kind of feel compelled to like put some advice out there to sort of help. Cause I think there's some people that are kind of just not doing it quite that well. And I think yeah. we can maybe give some guidance. Totally agree. Okay. So I guess like, where do you want to start? How, how big of a net do we want to cast on this topic? <laughs> Well, I was thinking kind of starting at um, ma- uh, like the way to kind of cheat the system a little bit. Okay. Like, so I, I, most of my advice that I've written up is kind of like, what, are you, what, do you, what should you do if you're cold applying for a job? Yeah. Um, and I think that's worth talking about and that's where I think we'll focus on. But I, I did want to kind of mention before we got here that I think really the best way to get hired at a company is to like have some friends or contacts in that company. So like that's like really like the easy mode version of this is like you've been going to meetups or something and met someone that works there. Mm-hmm. So this is my if I had to kind of like summarize what I think the most important thing to do is to get hired from like the perspective of someone hiring is to figure out how to like maximally de-risk that person hiring you because that's how it feels like for my side of things anyways and that. Yeah. is very similar to what you're talking about. If someone else on your team knows someone and can vouch for them, like that does a lot to de-risk totally. the hiring process, right? Or if totally. you know someone because they've come to your meetup for two years and they've given presentations or, um, you know, so. Totally. Yeah, I this think is, it definitely ties I didn't, into that. The, exactly. And, and this didn't, I didn't quite appreciate this until I started hiring people at a company that I started. But it's scary. Super scary like it's it's really it worries me a lot that we're going to hire the wrong people and then have to like fire them later or they'll like be like good but not great and it's going to just be kind of a drag and it's like very it's much more emotionally charged and frightening than i thought it would be Mm -hmm. yeah it really is because you're making like a really big commitment to whoever you hire to like nobody would ever want to hire someone and then just like let them go you know what i mean because yeah. it didn't work out because you didn't do enough work to kind of validate that it was going to work out ahead of time like from yeah. the other side as the person like getting a job if you take a job at a company and you find out like two weeks in that you hate it you can just like go start applying for other jobs and if you get one you can leave but from the perspective of someone hiring if you hire someone in two weeks in they're not working out you can't just start interviewing other candidates for the job now and then get rid of that person when you find someone to replace them like i guess you can totally. but like you would never want to do that because you're really like throwing a wrench into someone's life you know and yeah. so yeah it's super 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 scary for sure right so yeah i feel like that's kind of like the first 
like one one of my first sort of pieces of advice uh, advice around this is sort of having empathy for the person who's like reviewing your application. Mm-hmm. And and so I think getting that fact out there of like if this is a small company, this person is like worried about getting the right person, and so like you're trying to de-risk yourself as a candidate. Yeah. So what are some ways to do that? You think? Yeah. So there's a balancing act here, but I think. So the classic thing is kind of like do a little bit of the job okay. ahead of time. Um, like we're you and I are both uh, been looking for designers recently. Yep. And I think we both kind of left our, our job application pretty open in terms of how people could apply. Yep. Um, like you said, just like apply in a way that makes you like that you like you think presents you well. And we actually put out a specific thing that was like um, sign up for the product and tell us something you think could be better. Yeah. Um, so pretty pretty broad things and. I think that like that has been that has worked well for us, like people giving feedback that way. Um, so like I, I don't I don't think it's fair to ask an applicant to do a lot of work, uh, like a crazy amount of upfront work. But I think doing a little bit of like, hey, let me just like f- show off a little bit of my skill here, just enough to get you interested, is like kind of the the, the first baseline I would try to hit. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think that makes sense. Um, in our case, like we just asked for basically, you know obviously write something that kind of speaks to the position, uh, but also present like a few things that you've worked on recently that you think uh, are good and tell like a story about it, you know, explain to me like why, why it's interesting or, um, but I think the approach that you guys have taken is really interesting, especially like from your perspective, it makes it so much easier to, (laughs) uh, evaluate submissions right um yeah sometimes maybe we should have done something more like that (laughs) (laughs) it is nice because it gives you a like everyone's answering the same question yeah so it's kind of easier to compare people yeah yeah it's tricky because you don't want to make it so much work that you know people aren't going to do it just because of the fact that the odds of them getting the job are low no matter what well yeah if you look at just in terms of like, okay, well, 400 people are going to apply, though I have a one in 400 chance, like I think tangentially related, that's like not a good way to look at things because that's not true. <laughs> um, your odds of getting hired obviously increase dramatically alongside the quality of your application. But yeah, it's hard to ask people to do too much. I, I think it's fair to ask people to do something after like they're a little further ahead in the interview process, maybe, especially if you're willing to pay people for their time for anything like substantial right you know yep. but yeah at the beginning yeah I, I love that idea of finding a way to get someone to do something that is kind of custom to the job but isn't really too much more work than a regular application would be just for the benefit of being able to compare things yeah i think it's and so like i said this is this is kind of a balancing act because i don't think you want to do too much either like I think you should do some, but not not a crazy amount of sort of demonstrating your ability. Because and why do so you like say you, that? So, yeah. Well, so so you're trying to de-risk yourself, but you're just trying to get to the interview. Like you you just want to make it to the next round of whatever yeah. is happening in this yep. job thing. So you just want to be like one of the top few candidates that applied at this phase of the funnel. I feel like, and if you're thinking about the person reviewing your application, like you said, you're going to get like 400 applications or something. You're if you build out a giant site and write 5,000 words on it and have all these case studies and things like that, you're almost 
giving the person too much i feel yeah, like i agree with that i, th- I think like, like the best applications we generally get are like kind of like one or two page sort of things like figure out how to make it like tight and skimmable but still tell yeah. the story that you need it to tell I, th- I think punchy is a good word here mm-hmm. like short and punchy like get the important points across seem competent like display some competence and then like you know be done yeah i agree with that i think the way that we have tried to hire people like both of our companies is a little bit different than maybe a lot of other companies who put out kind of more traditional kind of like here apply for this job and i think what we do tends to like invite people to create higher quality applications but what would you suggest someone do if they're applying for a job where the application process is a lot more sort of like send us your resume and cover letter and fill out this survey? That's a great question. I actually don't really know. I've never hired at one of those companies and I've also never worked at a super huge company. But say you were running Tuple like you are now, but you didn't really know much about creating a good hiring process. You know what I mean? Because it's your first company and you didn't read a bunch of 37 signals, um, job postings or anything. Knowing what you know now, if you did just put out like a traditional thing, like I'm, I'm kind of thinking of the advice that you've given people about like conference speaking where it's like, don't just submit your kind of like proposal, like submit a video of you yeah. uh, doing like a, a five minute lightning talk on the topic or something, you know, like do something more than what's asked for to stand out, you know? Right. Yeah. I would, I, yeah. That's that seems relevant here. I would agree. Um, th- there's this super cheesy quote, but I, I think it's also great, which is the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is the little extra. <laughs> yep. And like totally, I, I get it. It's cheesy, but also I think that's a there's kind of an important idea in there. It's not like a huge difference. Like you're not going to do ten times as much work. You're just going to do a little bit more than the average person is going to do so that you're like, oh, yeah, this is the person that made the whatever. Like they, they added that video or they sent me that extra email or something yeah. and just kind of help, help you be like a standout in that person's mind. Yeah, for sure. That makes a ton of sense to me. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any other really specific uh, pieces of advice, I guess. I, I guess I'm trying to think from my perspective as someone hiring, like what I'm looking for you know and how people can demonstrate that i think like something probably both of us value a lot is just like ability to communicate clearly in writing yeah um so we were talking about this the other day where it's not the case like it's not the case that everyone that is smart can write well yeah but to write well you kind of have to be smart yeah yeah i agree yeah, there's definitely like people who are probably are fully qualified to do the job, but couldn't craft a really well-written cover letter, for lack of a better word. But anyone who can, there's a high correlation between just like kind of being sharp and being able to write. Totally. So if you can demonstrate that ability, from my perspective, that helps a lot. Right. Yeah. Yep. Because And good writing conveys like, clear thinking yeah and like empathy for the reader and a little bit of personality and Mm -hmm. like a a well-written few paragraphs i think really gets me inside someone's head pretty fast yeah 
Um, and so I, I think that's actually kind of the weakness I saw in some of the applications uh, that we've gotten is like the writing was fine, but it wasn't like they spent a lot of time on it and tried to make it really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like, this is like placeholder to tell, let you know that, Hey, I'm applying to the thing. Check out yeah. my portfolio. Yeah. Like treat it like a blog post, like edit it and edit it and edit it until you feel like it's tight and clear and, um, totally. Yeah. And capitalize the company name exactly correctly. And also capitalize GitHub exactly correctly. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's an interesting point in general. Just like little typographic errors can like yes. really tarnish any application. Um, yeah. And yeah. This is kind of like cliched like job application advice, like don't spell things wrong, like edit it down. Like but like totally agree. Like when you're there's a sea of applications. And like, oh, you didn't like, we don't actually put a space between Tailwind and Labs or whatever, like yeah. some small detail. It's like, oh, that just kind of knocks you down. Like, and then maybe do I, do I just want to skip to the next person? Maybe, I don't know. It's, yeah. It can hurt you more than you might think, I feel like. Yeah. And uh, if you get a lot of applications, you know, those little things definitely can rule you out pretty quickly. Um, I think like another general piece of advice, which sounds so obvious, but <laughs> you'd be completely amazed how many people don't do it is to just like read the job posting and follow the instructions yeah Um, totally like i think what this stems from is just like a higher kind of order principle of um quality over quantity when it comes to applying for things you know like just like shotgunning out like a hundred applications to jobs you're basically not going to get any of them then you know don't even, i would say don't even bother yeah don't bother it, there's there's no point at all like pick a specific job that you want and apply for it deliberately you know um there's definitely people who apply for our stuff who just like straight up do not follow the instructions like totally. like yeah. the, it says okay there's a field in the form that says your application and it's supposed to be a link to whatever your application is like a lot of people will make like a notion doc some people will do um like a google drive thing some people will do a little custom website some people do just a link to like a a figma project where they've kind of put together almost like a presentation in figma you know um but then a lot of other people who didn't read what they were supposed to do just think okay wow my application what's that i guess this form that i'm filling in is my application and they go up to the url bar in chrome and copy that url which just opens up an empty application form and they paste that in and submit it and i'm sure they're confused when they're doing it you know uh but if you just read the instructions uh you know you'll know what to do and of, of course like immediately disqualify anyone who doesn't read the instructions so even if someone provides like a nice portfolio that looks like their work is good but they didn't follow the instructions you know that the the fact that they didn't follow the instructions makes the whole thing seem scary and risky you know totally coming back to the original thing it's like uh i don't trust that this person is gonna prioritize the right things or or notice little details in like what we're working on or you know it's just like uh i don't trust this person so your your application is a preview of working together yeah like when you send me a thing, it's like we've started working together. And I'm like, okay, here's the first work product you've created for me. Ooh, okay, you didn't answer that question. Oh, okay, that's a typo. Hmm, all right. And I'm like already building this picture of, I don't know if this is the right kind of person for this job. Yeah, for sure. So one, one like a positive version of this advice 
um, is like, how do you uh, avoid these pitfalls? And one thing that I've seen work well is explicitly reference the job description yep. in like your sort of like free text writing. So like one person that I saw that did a really nice job of this was we have these um, sections in our job post of like, uh, why you might want to work with us. Here are some good things. Why you might not want to work with us. Here are some, you know, not as good things. And uh, I've had a couple candidates like just copy that structure for themselves as they applied. Yeah. And I thought it was like smart and kind of sensitive and like paints a more holistic picture of them. And it, it stood out to me and it was, it was very positive. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Like just anything you can do to prove that like you've really paid attention to the thing that you're applying for helps a lot. I have another thing okay. too, which is kind of a generic piece, which is never give someone a link to your GitHub profile. Unless it's asked for, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless someone says, what is your GitHub handle? Like, yeah. okay, fine, do it then. But if, if, if the challenge, if, if your goal is to be like, here's what I can do. Here's why I'm a good developer or designer yep. or whatever. Don't ever just be like github.com slash my name because yeah. you're now creating work for that yeah, reviewer. Yeah, 100%. And it's just like, I cannot tell from this profile if you know what you're doing. I Okay, yeah. I guess I'll start digging into what repositories you have and like look for some recent commits and like, no, 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 just like do that work for the person. Ahead yeah, of time. send me like a, a small portfolio of like curated things. Like here's like, exactly. here's like a library that I built recently. Um, I spent a lot of time on the documentation, uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, here's like the areas that I think you should pay attention to. Like yeah. uh, we... It, it has a hundred percent test coverage. Here's a link to the test suite specifically, you know, um, stuff like, tell me what you want me to notice and think, wow, this person is, uh, knows what they're doing, you know? Right. Don't yep. make me try and figure out what is, um, good about yeah. what I'm I, I honestly at. think, I think a single commit is almost the right level of granularity. Mm, interesting. At, at this application level, like, I added this, like, look at this thing I did here. Here were, like, the challenges I was solving or, like, the trade-offs I was making and why I chose this thing that I did. Like, I almost think you can't get, you can't slice it too thin at this point. Yeah. Because, again, like, putting yourself in the the, the, sh the shoes of the reviewer, like, this might be application 119. And, yeah. like, you're trying to get through another 20 before lunch and then you're going to do another 100 after lunch. It's like... Yep. Make it as quick as possible for me to be like, this person seems great. Let me put them in the come back and look at them more closely pile and then move on to the next thing. Yeah, I think that's actually really good. Yeah, or a pull request or something that's yeah. like really yep. um, kind of contained, you know? Totally. Um, yeah, pull request is great. And like, oh, there's like a nice description here. They explain what's happening well and the, what the trade-offs were. Yeah, a, a good PR, it can be, can be really solid for, a, yeah. for an application. Um. What are other things that you, I guess, like are worried about, like when you're trying to decide, make a decision about a candidate that they could kind of help you not worry about if they did something differently? Anything else you can think of? I guess the big things are kind of like work competence. Like, can you do the actual job part and then like team cohesion and like getting along with people? Yeah. So I don't know that there's that much you can do during your application to help with like the, the second part. I think that's kind of more like up in the in the interviews, like are does it actually like do the team enjoy your company and like get along with you and all that. But I think like trying to avoid a negative vibe is probably a good yeah good sure. goal in your application. Like, don't be like crapping on like open some tool or like what oh, you don't uh, like. That's about a these that's things. a great actually. That gets me thinking about something. Do, just in general, don't 
complain about anything at any part of the application process like if you have like opinions about things that are like things that could be improved or whatever that's fine as long as you can frame it in an optimistic sort of light but mm-hmm. we've, we've had people apply who like the bulk of their application was talking about like why the company they work at sucks and oh, how yeah, totally. you know they don't do anything right and um you know they don't get any support from their their management and blah 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 and it's it's like that sucks if that's true you know but Mm -hmm. like you also sound like a problem child you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's just not it's just not it's not fun and it's not and the the lack of positivity like I, i used to work with someone and he said you know, you could complain about the things that are not good, or you could just talk about the things that you think are good. Yeah. And the latter is just so much nicer for the world in a bunch of different ways. The, the thing is, like, when you hire someone, you're sort of, like, taking on this, like, responsibility of kind of, like, having them on the team, you know? And right. if someone's, like, a liability and you have to, like, worry about how their attitude might, like, affect other people on the team and stuff like that, like... I'm hiring someone because like I have too much to do already, you know? (laughs) Um, So I don't want to take on extra burdens like that. So um, yeah, I mean, or if that's the type of person you are, go crazy on being negative in your application so that (laughs) I make sure I don't accidentally hire you. Um, Well, I mean, there's, there's probably like places where that would, that would gel with the culture, I guess kind of yeah. the, like complain about technology type of developer team or something that sure yeah, yeah. um yep but I, my, my, my guess is on average it's not going to help you yeah yeah i think, I think so. just save, save the negativity and, and complaining for for later yeah. once you've uh, proven you're great and are on the team and everything i think like a something that i notice a lot during like the actual interview process is people who ask me questions stand out a lot more than people who don't yeah um like during during the interview you said yeah like during the actual like phone interview yeah totally um yeah i hadn't even thought about it. like i was thinking kind of like the, the fir- getting through the first pass but yeah once you're in the interview 100 percent. i think that's like that's kind of like a bare minimum having prepared questions mm-hmm. like having having done a handful of interviews from the other side now like not having good questions is just feels like a bit a big red flag yeah um, but like good questions can really like stand out very positively yeah. Do you have There's any kind of like the, advice on questions? Um, I think they should be. I think, yeah, I have advice on questions in, in general in life, which is you Ask ideally want someone to go. <laughs> someone should go, huh? Interesting. Like that. That was always my goal when I was like when I ran an interview podcast. Is like yeah. once per podcast, I wanted them to go. That's a good question, and have to stop and think about it. Yep. So like I think if if it's a question that they have a pre-cached answer to, it's probably not a great question. Okay. Uh, um, what so sorts of questions? Like, do you think questions about the future of the business? Questions about what projects you're going to be working on? Questions about sure. I think those are good. Yeah. Sort of general curiosity about the position is good, but I think there's probably more interesting variants you could ask too. Like, why haven't you hired for this position yet? Mm, yep. Or like, what would happen if you don't actually end up hiring somebody here? Like, what what's the the negative outcome there that you're yeah. trying to avoid? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'd have to, I feel like the, the and then like the specific position would kind of help you shape better questions or like more specific questions. But 
um, yeah, I, I think just things that are like show that you have a curious mind and are asking interesting kind of consequential questions about it. Yeah, I like it. And um, one thing that just came to me that uh, I know I've no paid attention to in like applications in the past is people who kind of take some sort of chance in their application um, stand out a lot more. Like, so for mm. example, uh, Robin, who we hired for the job that we put up last year, at the end of his application, he kind of like talked about a bunch of things that he think thought would be like good things for us to work on, things he would be excited to sort of do if he worked at the company, all stuff that were sort of like his own ideas, not stuff that came from the um, job posting or anything like that. And yep. a lot of them had like lined up perfectly with things that we wanted to do already. And mm -hmm. when someone does that, um, of course, there's a chance it goes the other way, right? And this has happened too. There's people who like list a bunch of ideas and I'm like, oh, like those are not things I want to do. And in in a way that that's, that's helpful because it tells me like this person's sort of like natural like alignment or like intuition about like where they want to take things like doesn't match with ours. And that actually like tells me this person probably isn't like the right fit for the job because there's probably going to be a bunch of friction, you know? But when it does line up, um, it's like, oh man, this feels like it's just going to be like this, like energizing, like relationship where it feels like this person is already like naturally aligned with the, the same sorts of things that we want to do. And we didn't have to like softball it to them. You know, they just totally. kind of presented it themselves. Um, yep. and that stands out a lot for sure. So anyone who takes like risks like that and sort of saying like what they think is important what they think we should be doing um stands out more I, I don't think it makes sense to try and like play it safe and try and like avoid saying the wrong thing there because someone else is going to say the right thing and they're going to stand out above someone who says nothing and someone who says the wrong thing well it probably wouldn't be a right fit anyways so even if you don't get the job you're probably saving yourself from being in a, like an environment where you feel like you're butting heads with people and stuff anyways, you know? Um, so I think kind of like being outspoken about, uh, what do you think the company should be like working on next actually is really valuable information for me to see in an application. Totally. I think this can work. I think you can get a job that is not even posted for if you do this well enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like Let's I, talk about I think that. You more. could eat <laughs> Yeah, I think you could email um, your average startup CEO person and say, hey, I did a deep dive on uh, your marketing site. And I think you have some opportunities. Like if, have you considered hiring a person to optimize these things? Here are like four projects that I could see potentially doing that I think would have these impacts on the business. Yeah. Yeah. And like you could, I think you could almost invent your own position if you send an email like that, that's good enough. I think that's totally true. And I... I don't want to invite those sorts of emails necessarily because I don't think uh, <laughs> they're all going to be great. Uh, but I definitely would hire someone, I think, for a role that I didn't know I needed someone for if they could demonstrate to me that the value in it. You know what I mean? Right. If they can get you excited. Yeah. Like, here's like an example. Like, this is scary to talk about this, like, on a public podcast, but. Nice. I feel like if Take someone, yeah, if someone like emailed me and was like, Hey, um, I know like your book refactoring UI, uh, 
is really popular and it sold tons of copies and stuff like that. And people still talk about it a lot through word of mouth. But like it's really undiscoverable, in my opinion, to people who don't just hear about it from other people in the industry. Um, you know, you have this like pretty half-assed website. Uh, you've got like three articles that you guys wrote there and then like some videos that Steve put on his YouTube channel and then like some tweets. But the book itself is like just a little banner at the top. And um, I think there's like a lot of untapped potential here because people are always talking about it. I'm still seeing all these positive things. Have you guys thought about trying to build out the refactoringui.com website into a more uh, significant resource? And I know the reason you haven't is because you probably don't have time because you're working on Tailwind UI. But I have a lot of experience working with um, freelance writers who contribute articles to places like CSS Tricks. And I think if you curated really good content from other people and put together like a really good thing, you know, that it could be um it could do a lot to like increase your revenue on that product here's like five articles that i think would be a good fit that people have posted to other sort of um curation kind of sites that would have been awesome if you had got them to your site instead and if someone did that really well and they and the the examples that they linked were like ones that made me think like yep that's exactly the type of sort of content that i would want on here um, and I just felt like this person could take like ownership of this project. Yes. You know, I yeah. would be like, uh, yep, let's do it. Um, totally. But I'm never going to yeah, I mean, put a job posting up for that. You know what I mean? Because exactly. it's not on my priority list. But if I feel like I can bring someone on to take ownership of something like that and they've demonstrated that I can like trust them to do an awesome job, then, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Totally. Yeah. Like there's, there's a, it's a lot of work to decide you want to hire a person get the job thing together, figure out exactly how to write it and post it and review and all that. Um, and so it's not the case that everyone that we might hire has a, like a matching job posting on our website. I, I bet you most people at companies didn't get hired through job postings. Um, I yeah, mean, I wouldn't I can, be surprised can, if it were. I can say explicitly at our company, we have six people and this is only the second time we've posted a job posting, you know? So like Hmm. Brad, the first person that we hired, I just messaged him because I knew him and knew he was smart and trusted him and was like, uh, I want to hire someone. Do you want to come work for us? And he was like, sure. Um, (laughs) and then we put up a job posting and we ended up actually all three of the people that work with us now, we kind of were introduced to generally through that job posting. Like we only hired one person, but then a few months later we did some freelancing with someone who had applied that made it to like the top three and now they work for us. And um, someone else like was someone we already knew, but uh, you know, the job posting is sort of what like started that conversation, um, but it's not a one-to-one. Um, totally. Yeah, and I would like prefer to never use a job posting if possible. I would prefer to just be like, absolutely. ask people on the team for people they've worked with in the past or people they know. Yep. Or um, I hate yep. and that, that kind of gets back postings. to my sort of yeah, my first point, which is like, ideally, skip all this and make friends or like show your competence to the potential hiring person directly. Yeah, uh, and like it's that's even better. Like going in the the side door is way better than like walking in with all the other hundreds of applicants to the, yeah. like, the public job posting, if you can at all. Yeah, but like there's there's this phenomenon, or like in my business, we have enough profit that we could hire more people, but it takes a lot of like cultural, it takes a lot of work to like decide. Okay, yes, for real, we're going to hire this kind of person with this title doing these things, 
and like there's just a lot of work between like yeah we might hire this person and like actually doing it yeah versus if someone's like hey i'm incredible at paid ads and i like i spun up a landing page for this thing and like i'm getting these click-through rates and like i think this could make you this much money do you want me to do this for you it's like oh my god yes please especially if they can do it on like a project basis at the beginning you know like totally i think like hiring someone through like a freelance thing and then into like a full-time position is always sounds better to me because it's risk-free in that well not risk-free but it's way less risk you know and again everything from the hiring perspective is all about risk and being afraid of fear making a bad decision and um so if you're in a position to to do freelance stuff for someone ahead of time i think that can be really great and and that, that ties in really well with what you're talking about about like basically pitching your own sort of stuff yep so totally yeah i saw this phrased as like hey um i did the first day of work on a project that i think would be useful for you here's what i made yeah was this a patrick mckenzie tweet i think yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. it's like do you you want like to do the next three days here's my here's a here's a proposal kind of thing yeah yeah i think that's um a really i mean here's the thing too like um from the perspective of someone hiring people the most important characteristic that I think I'm looking for in people is just like their ability to take ownership and responsibility for things, you know, because at a small company like ours anyways, that is just like under resourced. It feels like all the time hiring is not so much for us about like bringing on um, like junior people and trying to mentor them and trying to like, you know, give back, you know, (laughs) as much as I would like love to be able to do that sort of thing at at some point, like I have too much to do already. So my main goal with hiring is to like have less things to do um, so that I can focus more on fewer things. So anything you can sort of like do as an applicant to sort of like demonstrate your ability to be trusted to like run with things um, without a ton of oversight and get good results is like going to get me excited. You know, I always think about like at, at Apple, like Tim cook, isn't like deciding the corner radius for the next iPhone. You know what I mean? Someone else is doing that and it's turning out good. Um, I'm sure he's not even like saying yes or no to it. You know what I mean? Um, and that's obviously at like the largest end of that end of that scale. But as much like sort of like autonomy that we can have at our company as possible is is better. And you need people who can like demonstrate that you can trust them with that autonomy if that's what you're looking for. Totally. Yep. Showing someone who's hiring that you reliably can execute stuff by yourself is huge. Yeah. And that's why like in the job posting that we just put up, one of the things I mentioned in the kind of in the instructions was like if you have anything that you've done entirely by yourself that you can show to us that is going to like really put me at ease even if it's like like the example that came to my mind when i was writing that was you know steve is a ui designer he's not an expert front-end developer by like any means but he can hack together a website um and he built like heroicons like his original heroicons thing was like a paid icon thing and he um kind of 
created the product, of course. He like marketed it on Twitter while he was working on it. He built the landing page for it himself. He set everything up on Gumroad himself. He kind of figured out the pricing himself. He set up a newsletter for it himself, wrote all the copy for the landing page himself. Um, and you can do that without having to be like uh, an expert marketer or an expert developer or an expert copywriter. You know what I mean? But just demonstrating that like you can uh, make a finished thing like come together yep. on your own yep. is super valuable. Definitely. Again, now this yep. this is specific to working at a small company, I think. Right. But um, yeah, that's the only company that I run. So that's all I can speak to. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. I, similarly for us, the people that stood out the most for our various jobs uh, have been often been the ones that started their own side projects. Yeah. And we're like, look, I can point to this thing that I did all about. Like, this is a small SaaS app I built myself. Mm-hmm. And like, that just says so much to us as like a, you being like an independent, competent executor of things. Yeah. Yeah. Even if like um, I had a friend do the design for me, it it's like, that's fine. If you work at our company, you can ask someone else sure. to do the design for you too. But like knowing that you will ask someone to do the design for you still takes a lot off my shoulders, you know, just like knowing that you're going to take ownership of like making sure that at the end of the day, there's a good design, <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, like definitely the people that have stood out to us in the past, like uh, this guy, Hector Simpson did, helped us with a bunch of the tailwindcss.com redesign stuff. And um, when I messaged him about getting his help, like the reason that I knew about him and the reason I was excited to work with him is because he had demonstrated all this awesome side project stuff. Like, um, even just something like a wallpaper set of free wallpapers. If you make a website for it and you give it a name and the website's nice and you know, it, it just, it's so much more of a complete picture than totally um, compare and compare that to like a thing I see fairly frequently is like, Oh, all my code is in private repos. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, <sighs> I understand, but at the same time, like I, there's other applicants who don't have that, um, disadvantage, totally. you know, and, yep. and that, yeah, it's, it's tough because you can sort of understand, okay, well, like I, I have a family, I work 40 hours a week, all my work happens at work. I, um, and I don't know like what to say in that situation other than like, it also feels unfair to put this like burden on the person hiring to to basically say you know you can't use any means to um kind of disqualify candidates like just kind of like rate them you know you just have to interview every single person and give every single person a programming test because otherwise you're going to miss out on people but like the reality is there's just no time for that so um you have to try and do some of that work up front somehow yep yeah, I feel like if yeah, I mean it's it's a lot to it's it's a lot to ask, but at the same time, like the top applicant is going to get hired. Yeah, like it's a competitive process, and so if you don't find a way to kind of deal with some of the weaknesses of your application, you're probably going to get beaten out by someone that that can. Yeah, um, can you think of anything else like from the perspective of you know maybe like diving deeper into just the small team specific situations that. Uh, you know, are helpful for people to understand when they're trying to get a job at a small company or things that can work to their advantage? 
like I don't I don't have enough data on this yet. Like we've just started adding people to the team and like seeing how that works. Mm-hmm. And I think we've done a decent job slash gotten fairly lucky so far. Yeah. Um, like uh, there's a bit of this that is tough where it's kind of like, does your vibe match the team vibe? Like yeah. people like working with you and talking to you and all that. Uh, what is your opinion you on like thoughts with the interview process of like, how many people do you have involved in that? Uh, two people. Yeah. Um, Usually, I mean, like we're, we're, what are we now? Five, we're five fold. Yeah, we're like six-ish people. Yeah. Um, and we have most of the team involved, like certainly like everyone they would like directly work with. Yeah. Involved in that process. Um, one, like one thing we've done that I think is good that I basically just stole from like my ThoughtBot days was like, we try to make the interviews kind of like working, like pairing ideally. Yep. Like if we're talking to a developer, like let's build a thing together as cl- like as close as possible, like make the interviews as close as possible to actually working with each other for a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. We did the same thing and that helped big time. There's definitely um, like people who I was really excited about that just like didn't work well when we were pairing together, you know, and it was just like, ah, you know, I'm gl- so in that sense, it's like, I'm really glad I did this because I've learned a lot that I wouldn't have learned um on a design perspective i'm not 100 percent sure what the best way to do that is yet yeah same what we've done so far is like so we have that sort of initial like oh like tell us something you think would be better fine and then like for the finalists we pay them for their time and ask them to do like a 10-ish hour um design project yeah um and that was really useful and we also kind of even like did like like a round of feedback just like if we were working together like okay cool like I kind of think this is a little confusing or can you flesh this out over here and like did like a back and forth as part of that process, just like we would if we were working together for real. Mm-hmm. The, the results in that have been pretty good. Yeah. Nice. Um, I think the only other thing that I was going to, that comes to mind for me about like working on a small team or, or ways to like stand out if you're applying for a job on a small team is to um, sort of play up any skills that you have that are not necessarily specific to the job posting. Um because I think when you're on a small team, ideally you want people to be as like cross functional as possible. Right. Yeah. So this is why like the writing thing is helpful to me. Like if, if I know that um, who, who I'm hiring, I can also like trust to write really high quality documentation. Like that's going to stand out a lot more. Um, or like a developer who has like demonstrated like kind of like B or B plus design skills. Like that's, great that's that's like now like 70 percent of like little annoying design related things uh won't need steve's help when it's like oh we need to like update our checkout on this thing to add a little notice explaining you know xyz can this person do that entirely by themselves even though their job is not design and have it like turn out totally fine like that's great um totally agree that's yeah that that's as a small team as well that that vi- that like helps so much like just the sense that like okay this person is like very strong in their core competency but they also like are somewhat of a generalist in other ways yeah it's like that that ability to like flip between different things is like really useful because there's not a huge team you can't just like kick it over to like you know the marketing department or something yeah exactly and that's why like being able to show something you've made from scratch right helps yeah. a lot even if it's a, a open source library where the only marketing 
material for it is like the readme you know that still can demonstrate um a lot i'm trying to think of like other skills that are valuable if someone like creates youtube tutorials and they're like high quality even if i don't know that they're ever going to do that for us like it still raises them up you know totally so Um, so somebody we hired had um a side product that he had built and so that was like impressive right off the bat just that he had a paid product in the market that was awesome but the thing that really stood out to me was that when i watched the demo video for it the demo video was really good yeah and I was like, "Did you make this demo video?" And he was like, "Yeah, I did." And I was like, "And then like that made like that like gave like huge points because it was like, okay, you're not just good at this like um, analytical coding thing. You also understand what like a good demo video looks like, and we're able to make it. Yeah, and like that like that made him stand out so much. Yeah. Is there any other um, things like that that you can think of where like skills someone might have but might not necessarily think to promote about themselves when applying for? something like that basically ties into like i guess a little bit of design a little bit of like marketing um and i guess just like communicates an overall um sort of like commitment to quality you know and the ability to even detect quality which i think is really important totally yeah like taste is like such a broad idea but if demonstrated that you have taste i think really puts you in the top slice of people mm-hmm. i think Hon- there's just like a honestly a even like of what's a good. developer who like is also really good at photography is still going to stand out to me you know what i mean because again we'll probably never use that skill but just like something about like seeing that someone can like be really good at other things just like makes me yeah just increases my confidence in that person like i think we and you actually talked about this before but like we talked about how the uh like writing can be like a really good proxy for just overall like sharpness and like clear thinking i feel like if someone is also like a really good musician like they must be smart you know what i mean or (laughs) or just like it's just like it's a good proxy for like um like patience and like commitment and like um kind of uh being willing to like really dig into something and spend a lot of time like learning the nooks and crannies of things you know um totally there's not many people who are just like accidentally like good at an instrument you know sure um so yeah again not a skill you'll ever like use at um at your yeah you're showing your ability your ability to pick up new things and become competent at them and persevere yeah and that that meta skill is incredibly yeah. valuable yeah so i guess like the uh big picture there is just don't be afraid to or like definitely go out of your way to showcase any other things that you do that you do well you know because evidence that you can do things well helps a lot yeah i agree with that and then like you kind of automatically become oh yeah that was this is the person that had the, like the interesting photography totally portfolio. yeah it's another thing to just like remember someone by yep um yeah i don't know any other uh things you can think of i think that's it i think i'm gonna have to go hire like a dozen more people before i and then come back cool well yeah hopefully people took away some interesting stuff from that uh thanks so much for coming on the show ben is there anywhere people can kind of follow along with what you're doing where to pay attention if they're uh interested in wowing you for a tuple position or anything like that <laughs> i'm like more active on twitter than anywhere else i think like i think i respond to dms faster than emails these days <laughs> me too uh, so 
just like r 0 k on Twitter. Awesome.